So I'm going to introduce you to some ridiculousness here that we need to do today. Um, I'm doing this from a chair today, all right? And I'm doing this from a chair, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> With two of my best friends from this past week, a pillow. Oh, oh no. and a softball that I could dig right in there along with my, hey, fashionable girdle, all right, going on here today. So it was a Monday that it really happened, and I feel like I got to do this to be able to see the sidelines here. Um, you ever just get old? <laughs> Never's happened, huh? Well, I have. And... Uh, my back is letting me know it. So I blew my back out on Monday. And uh, the last, uh, the, the first few days were, were just like writhing. I mean, it was, it was terrible. Tina actually made me go to the ER. Uh, they thought I had kidney stones maybe at first. Um, fortunately, it doesn't look that way. Um, kind of wondering how today was going to play. And uh, the last two days have been getting better. And uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to do this one seated here today, if that's okay with you. If at any point in this message you see me kind of doing this, all right, don't be alarmed. It's not weird. It is weird, but it's not as weird as you think. And uh, we're going to see if we can make it through. Who knows? You might get lucky. This might make me have to, like, end soon, right? And you're like, yes, you, you know, finally. But good to see you. Thank you for coming. And it's good to be here. I'm, I, I am really glad that I could even be here today to share this with you. Those of you who don't know me, my name's Dave Gadini, uh, pastor here on staff at Fellowship of Faith. You know, if you're first time here today or uh, maybe just kicking the tires on us for a while, really, I just want to say welcome to you. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for uh, taking a risk because I know it can be awkward to come into a church sometimes, especially a church that you don't know or where you don't know a lot of people. Hopefully, you've been warmly welcomed and well-treated, and if you're not, call them on it and say, hey, treat me better, all right? And, uh, and uh, I'd love to meet you after the service as well, um, sitting probably, but uh, please come say hi. I'd just love to say hello that way. We're going to get into the message here in a bit, but you know, as you know, my hatred for announcements and figuring where to put them, there's, there's two things I want to put on your grid really, really briefly before we jump in. The first is we're having a powers of attorney seminar tonight. Look, if you don't have one, set one up. If you don't have one for your kids and they like turned 18 on you, you're like, oh my gosh, they're not like legally kids anymore. Set one up. And if you're like, I don't know how to do this. That's what tonight's all about. We've got Dion Lovestead-Jones from the LCMS Foundation coming in. She's been talking to us about wills and trusts. 5.30 tonight, um, dinner will be served and she's going to kind of just walk us through a simple way of setting up how to get up health and financial and all that kind of like power of attorney type of stuff that... Uh, that really, it's just good to have. Come check it out, and I would love to have you. Um, secondly, this coming Wednesday, I'd like you to mark your calendar. It's Ash Wednesday. And Ash Wednesday is a day that begins a season that we call Lent. It's a time that Christians have celebrated really for centuries to say just as Jesus walked the way of the cross, we know that oftentimes God calls us to walk in his footsteps. What does it mean as a follower of Jesus to also pick up our cross, to walk the way of the cross, to, to embrace suffering when it comes, but to give it to God in the midst of it and know that he's there in the midst of it? 
to come to God in, in repentance and brokenness and to not deny it or flee from it, but to freely admit our sin before him and seek his forgiveness openly. And that, that's what that service is all about. Six o'clock this Wednesday. We're not doing dinner on this one, but uh, we do encourage you to carve that service into the calendar this week. It's, it's, it's a really, I think, powerful way to just reset in some of those ways we often hold too lightly or ignore. So 6 p.m. this Wednesday. So all of that is leading to where we find ourselves in the storyline here today. And I want to invite you to open with me to John chapter 14. We're going to look at uh, about 14 verses together. But again, I, I need to, to remind you of something, and it's something that's so easy to do when you read the Bible, and that's to approach it piecemeal. Last week we looked at chapter 13. Today we're going to look at chapter 14. You could think about it as two separate independent units, but it's really not. It's part of the same dialogue, the same storyline that we're walking through. And if, we appreciate, and if we approach it as separate parts, we kind of miss what's going on. So even though we're going to focus on 14, I'm going to back us up to 13. And I'm just going to read it to you today just so we can get the flow of the story and so you can see what's going on. Here's what Jesus said in chapter 13. Now is the time when the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will give him glory at once. Now this, this, this glory that Jesus is talking about is not what you'd think. It's a glory that's going to be only discovered in his humility, in his degradation, in his torture, and in his death. His lifting up in exaltation is simultaneous to his lifting up being nailed to a cross. That is where Jesus sees the glory of God shining. Weird, isn't it? But profound. And what John wants us to know. Now key in here. Key into what Jesus says next. My children... I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. That line right there, it defines this entire conversation that Jesus is going to have with his disciples. It is all about Jesus' departure and his return, and the disciples, they won't have it. Because how do you come to grips with Jesus leaving you? They'd spent years walking with him, following him, learning from him, protected by him, shielded by him, growing in intimacy with God through him. Oftentimes they misunderstood it, sometimes they couldn't articulate it. They didn't quite get it all, but when you're there, you know it. And they knew it. And now you're saying, Jesus, that you're going away and we can't go with you. Imagine God telling you, I'm leaving you on your own. Imagine God telling you, I'm going away. Imagine God telling you, now I'm going over here and you can't come. 
you know, for anyone who loves God and who has come to know his presence, who, who knows that intimacy. I mean, it's horror. And it was for the disciples that night. You've got to remember that to make sense of everything that's going to take place. Peter says, no way, Lord, where you're going, I'm going to go. Even if I have to die with you, no, you won't, Jesus tells him. No, you won't. In fact, you're going to do the opposite. You're going to deny me three times. Imagine pleading with God, begging God, coming to God. Lord, I would do anything. Maybe you've said that in your prayer life before. Maybe it was a time of crisis. Lord, whatever you ask, I'll do it. Wherever you go, I'll go there. Lord, I'll be faithful. Lord, I'll be true. Lord, I just want to be with you and you to be with me and him going, no, it's going to be the opposite. You're not going to be faithful. No, you're going to deny me. You're going to betray me. You're going to turn your back on me. We do, don't we? Don't we? Strangely, I find comfort in knowing that God knows it already. And all of this poises what he says in chapter 14. I love these next lines. Look at this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Hear that again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't, don't, don't. Don't let them be troubled. Some of you have very troubled hearts today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I'm going. But maybe like his disciples, your answer or response is the same. Lord, I don't know where you're going. How can I know the way? Oh, make no mistake, some of you know very well here today that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. And because he died for your sins before God, you are considered holy, righteous, clean, and forgiven. And because of that, the kingdom of God is open wide to you and fellowship with God is offered to you. No, many of you here today, you know that. You know those truths. But think about it more tactily in a way. Like, how do I actually get there? Like, we just kind of know, like, someday we're going to die and we're going to end up there. And we're banking and trusting on the fact that Jesus is going to kind of, like, figure that part of it out for us, aren't we? But maybe you're here today and you've had that fear. I don't know if I'm going to be there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how this all works. And I'm daring to entertain or daring to believe that Jesus is saying I can trust God in this, that I don't have to be worried in this. 
that my heart doesn't have to be troubled because God has got this figured out, because God has got me, because what Jesus is doing, he invites me to believe, counts for me. This is what Jesus is saying. Those of you who are afraid in this, afraid of the afterlife, afraid of your own destiny, or simply afraid of the death we face in the here and now, that you don't have to let your hearts be troubled. I love that Jesus, of all the things that he could say, chooses to focus on these words. He leaves these with his disciples. Remember this, it's a last will and testament. What do you say that you want to be remembered by? What do you say to prepare those who will be left behind after you leave, Jesus, to not let your hearts be troubled? Oh, trust in God. Trust also in me. I love what Jesus goes on to say. After Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Listen to what Jesus has to say. I am the way. No, you don't have to find the way. Discover the way. No, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. People I've found, no matter their background, no matter how they've been brought up, no matter their claimed religious or non-religious belief, fundamentally yearn in hope for heaven, for an afterlife that's good, for there to be something more than just this as we see it. And many people, nearly all people at least, I believe, want there to be a God, but a God who's good and a God who's kind, a God who cares. Many are afraid of him. Many doubt and wonder whether he's really true. Maybe you do here today. Jesus has something to say. You don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to wonder about who he is or what he's like. You don't have to guess and navigate life with uncertainty. Wondering, am I on the right path? Am I going the right way? You don't have to be relegated to figuring it out for yourself. No, Jesus says something far different. He says, trust me. Because when you see me, you see God himself. If you really knew me, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him if you have seen Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way to God. In me is embodied the truth of God, and in me you will find the life that God offers. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Your quest for God 
can end because when you find Jesus, you have found him. In Jesus, we have something so much more than good teachings and wisdom by which to live. We have the very pathway of God himself. That Jesus does not leave because he has to go and build a room for you. That God has a place for you and wants you to be a part of it. But what Jesus does is he makes the bridge. He creates the way. He paves the road by which you to get there. And it's what Jesus wants his disciples to remember. That day, after I leave you, he says, you don't have to wonder or be afraid. And we who sit in a place like this 2,000 years later don't have to wonder or be afraid because Christ has gone ahead of us to prepare that place for us. And he knows the way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Christ has made the way. He wants you to instill that in your soul. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has, who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father you may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. It sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? But Jesus invites you to trust him in it. Don't you believe, he says, that what I'm saying is literally God speaking himself. And if you don't take my word for it, Jesus says, at least look at what I've been doing. At least believe on the evidence of the miracles himself. Jesus invites you to trust him with your life, your destiny, and your soul. He invites you to trust him with your life, your life in the age to come, your life in the age in which we live. He invites you to trust him with it all. He invites you to take it a step further to say, and it will be even greater than the things I have told you, greater than the things I have shown you. You will even do greater things than these. Really? Jesus did some next level stuff. But you will do greater things than these, you bet, because Jesus has promised it. Why? Because he's going to the Father, advocating on your behalf, speaking on your behalf. Your prayers are not just floating in space, hoping to make their way to heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of God in heaven going, yeah, that one, listen to it, Father. 
I know that one. I know that one. Do what they're asking for. Dare to trust God with your prayers. Dare to trust God with the hopes of your heart. Dare to trust God with your life itself. This is what Jesus is saying here because he has made a way to God by which God has made a way to you. That the life that God offers here and then are yours. It's what John's biography is all about. And it is the words that Jesus wants to impress on you. There are so many things Jesus has said. So many more things that he has said that haven't even been recorded in this book. John himself will say later on that if we were to write down all the things that Jesus said and did, there probably wouldn't be enough room in the whole world for all the books that would be written. But these are the things that Jesus chose to highlight, to focus on, to impress, to say whatever you remember, make sure this is it. Let me show it to you. His last will and testament. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. His last will and testament. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you knew me, you will know my Father as well from now on you do and have seen him, his last will and testament. Very truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to my Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name. Live your life by these words. Anchor your hope in these words. For those of you who are worried, afraid, and uncertain with troubled hearts, hear Jesus' invitation in these words and dare to take him on faith by what he said. And it might just surprise you. At how, how, at how true his words actually are. It's the heart of what Jesus has to say. So may you know them, live by them, find hope and peace and perspective in them, May the life that Jesus offers be yours in his name. Amen.